This is the Mount Carmel Christian Church Podcast. Today, Senior Minister Dee Bacon will be teaching the message. Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, I'm glad that I'm able to be with you in this way. I'm thankful that in these days, even though it's kind of crazy right now, uh, we can still have the ability to connect and we'll still have the ability for us to share and to continue on through our message series in a way that hopefully is a blessing to you. We continue on in our series, New Identity, Receiving Your God Name. Encourage you to have your Bibles with you and grab those uh, in readiness. We're going to be kind of still in the book of Genesis, the first book of the Bible. We look in a little bit at uh, chapter 25 and then the main focus of our conversation in the story that we're going to be talking about, the individual we're going to be looking at, Jacob, we're going to focus in chapter 32. So hopefully you have that ready and you can follow along as we go through. I remember in the uh, early 90s, I'm still in college, and uh, I was introduced to Saturday Night Live and we used to watch that late late at night with, uh, with some friends. And one of the skits that have always stuck in my mind was a skit that was a spoof over a show that uh, we all know and love, Family Feud. But the name of this spoof, the skit was Dysfunctional Family Feud. <laughs> and, you know, I, was, I went ahead and watched it to this, this week. I watched it on YouTube. You can watch it again. And uh, I, I saw it, I'm like, I don't know what I saw that's so funny about it. It wasn't that great, except for the, at the end, Chris Foley does this crazy dance that, that got me chuckling. But I think I, what I remember was, was what they were trying to get at. They were trying to make the point that all of us come from dysfunctional families. I mean, even great families have issues that they have to deal with. It's just the nature of our, our lives. And so the term dysfunctional family feud is stuck with me. And it came to mind as I prepared for this message, because our story today is about a family with some serious dysfunction. I mean, we're talking sibling rivalry that boiled up to the point where one sibling threatens to literally murder another. You've got favoritism between uh, favoritism games. Dad favors one son, mom favors the other, and they're trying to outmaneuver one another. Uh, You've got craziness within marriage. You've got polygamy going on, which is insane, and all the complications that that are happened with that. And you've got an uncle trying to uh, fleece his nephew. It's just crazy. It's just a story full of dysfunction. Now, the the hero of our story, the individual that we're going to be talking about this morning, is a man named Jacob. And Jacob is the one who is going to have the name change when he has an encounter with God in which his life trajectory is forever transformed when he comes to the point where he submits himself to God's will in his life. And I, I hope that his story will serve as an encouragement to you as much as it served an encouragement to me. Story of Jacob begins with his mother, Rebecca, pregnant with twins. And we're told that there is some serious trouble going on between these two in her stomach, in her womb. They're wrestling. She's 
kind of like worried about what is happening. I mean, it's like they're wrestling constantly with her. She goes to God and she's like, God, what's happening? And I'm summarizing here. And it's revealed by God that he says, you know, there are two nations that are within you. There are two nations that will struggle and one will be greater than the other. And he says something to the fact of the older, the firstborn will serve the younger. Verse chapter 25 then introduces us to these two, two boys, these twins, tells of their birth. It says, when the time came for her to give birth, and I'm reading at verse 24, when the time came for her to give birth, there were twin boys in a womb. The first to come out was red. I'm assuming that's his hair. And his whole body was like a hairy garment. <laughs> He's a kid with a lot of hair. So they named Esau. Esau means, literally means hairy. It also uh, has kind of a connection to the word Edom, which becomes a nation. But Edom means red. And so Esau was the hairy red kid. After this, his brother came out, who wasn't hairy, with his hand grasping Esau's heel. So he was named Jacob. And the word Jacob means a heel grabber. And heel grabber is, 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 is a term that also is a figure of mean, one who trips up. It refers to being a schemer. It refers to being a conniver. It refers to be someone who strives to live by his wits in order to get his way. And then it says, Isaac was 60 years old when Rebekah gave birth to them. And so the Bible then tells us the story of these two boys. Jacob and Esau and how they grew up. And what you discover is that Esau was favored by his dad. Esau was the manly man. He was the boy that enjoyed hunting. He was the boy that enjoyed spending time with his father out in his field and had a real affinity with his father, Isaac. Jacob, on the other hand, was the mama's boy, and he enjoyed hanging out with his mom. He enjoyed doing the things that, that his mom enjoyed doing, cooking and, and hanging around the tents with everyone else. Didn't particularly enjoy going on the hunt. And during the course of their growing up, you begin to sense that animosity and tension begins to build between Rebecca, who favored Jacob, and Isaac, who favored Esau. As far as Isaac was concerned, father, the patriarch, the, the leader of the family, Esau was his kid. He was the golden boy. And that Jacob was probably a disappointment who lived in the shadows of the glory of the golden boy. It was Esau, uh, Jake, Isaac's intent to bestow on Esau all the blessings of being firstborn. He would be the one, it's called the birthright, he would be the one who would be designated to take over leadership of the clan, take over leadership of the family from Isaac. He was also the one that, I, that Isaac intended to bless. By blessing, it would be an, an irrevocable communication of being designated to be the one who would be used by God to fulfill the promise that God gave to Isaac's father, Abraham, which would be Esau's grandfather. Remember that in our story. We told the story about Abraham and Sarah, who were the parents of Isaac. Isaac married Rebekah. So that's kind of the family line we're here. Esau was the favored one, but Jacob burned with ambition. I'm sure Jacob burned with the desire to be noticed. I'm sure Jacob burned with the desire to receive the blessing, to receive the good things. And what we pick up was, is that he, he envied and perhaps uh, his brother Esau. No doubt, I, I'm sure his mom may have shared with him 
you know, Jacob, I was promised that at your at your birth that that the older will serve the younger. So so don't worry, son. Opportunity came to Jacob one day to fulfill what was promised. Esau came in, he was famished from hunting. They were adults now. And he was starving. Jacob was home cooking, had a, a pot of stew ready. Esau came in, and as brothers do, they argue. I have two boys that would argue about food. Well, they started discussing food, arguing with food, and Esau was demanding that Jacob give him some of his food. Jacob's like, no way, brother. And at that moment, Jacob senses an opportunity and sees just how desperate, knowing his brother is rash and doesn't think beyond his stomach. He takes out the opportunity and says, I'll tell you what, I'll give you this stew if you're willing to formally hand over your birthright, formally hand over the title of being the heir apparent to lead this family. Esau rashly says, absolutely. <laughs> what good is my birthright if I starve to death? Drama queen, maybe. I don't know. So he agrees. And so what we discover is that Jacob lives up to his name as the schemer, as the one who lives by his wits. And in that, he grabs hold of, he steals the birthright of his brother, Esau. Sometime later, we are we're told that Isaac is on his deathbed. Isaac can barely see, and he wants to bring about uh, fulfillment, uh, bring about the blessing on his son, Esau. He calls him in, he said, Esau, I'm about to die. Uh, before I die, I want to bless you. I want to, to bring upon you the, the, the formal blessing of God to be the one who will fulfill the promise of God that was given to, to Abraham, my father, your grandfather. So that's what I want to do. You go out, you go hunt, you get me my, my favorite game, come on in and we'll do this thing. Rebecca is, is nearby. They lived in tents, so I'm sure it wasn't going to be hard to, to hear this. She hears this, and she's like, uh, no way. Uh, my boy is going to get that. And so they, uh, Rebecca comes up with a scheme. She calls Jacob and says, look, this is what your father is going to do. This is what we need to do. I, I'm not going to let this happen. Let's do this. I will prepare your father's favorite dish as he requested Esau, and then you take it into him and pretend to be Esau and get his blessing. He can't see really well. Jacob's like, well, uh, I can see that. And I'm paraphrasing here from the Hebrew. <laughs> uh, he says, I can see that, but uh, I don't think dad, while he's blind, is, 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 is not going to be fooled. Uh, we need to do more. And so they add more to the scheme. They decide that, that Jacob will put on Esau's clothes to, to have the smell and that he would put goat's hair from a goat skin on his back of his hands and the back of his neck. And so he goes in that way, disguised as his brother, to his father. His father first is like, hey, you know, I, I, I hear that you say Esau, but I hear the voice of, of Jacob. And then he reaches out and he touches and he feels the hair, which is goat's hair, and he smells the clothes and he's just overwhelmed by the love of his son Esau and he provides the brings upon the blessing on Jacob. Jacob uses his wits, guided by his mother, who probably taught him a lot of this, <laughs> uses wits to now steal the blessing from his brother Esau. Esau gets back from hunting, discovers what's happening. He is enraged, and he threatens to murder his brother. Things are bad in the family. 
Rebecca hears about the threats that Esau's making, tells Jacob, you need to get out of here, son. And uh, I think it's important that you go somewhere safe. And so she sends him to her family, to her brother, a man named Laban. She says, why don't we just send you away under the guise of you're going to find a, a wife from, from our own people. So Jacob leaves. On his journey, he has an encounter with God. God basically says, Jacob, I'm with you. Trust me. Jacob says, yep, I, I, I believe there's a God. He sets up a, a place, some stones at that place where he has an encounter with God. He calls it Bethel, the house of God. And then he travels on and he finds his, his mother's family, Laban. And what he discovers, as the story continues, and you can read about this, what he discovers is that Laban equals him in scheming. I guess that side of the family must be really prone to that. But he has then lives with his, his uncle, who it's back and forth, tit for tat, craziness, um, just scheming back and forth on trying to outwit, outwit, outwit one another. Um, you know, from this whole thing, Jacob tries to, believes he's going to marry uh, the daughter of Laban, Rachel. Uh, Laban tricks him into marrying his elder daughter, Leah, and then he says, okay, you can go ahead and marry Rachel. But through this, uh, Laban manipulates Jacob to get 14 years of, of, of unpaid labor, if you'd like. And then they're living, working together, and they come up with a scheme, uh, a scheme in which Jacob still works with Laban, and, and Laban's trying to, trying to make sure Jacob doesn't get, get grow in wealth and, and flocks, and, and Jacob outwits him and it's back and forth and and that's just the story of, of his life and and throughout this time over 20 years as as so Jacob's living with Laban and he's again living up to his name he's living by his wits he's out trying to out maneuver people in order to get good things in his life and and through this all he deals with the strife that that brings you know when he's manipulating everyone else then everyone else starts manipulating and and he has to deal with problems that is constantly have to solve uh, you know he's married two women and and one woman he favors and and the other, other one wife he favors and the other one he doesn't and the wife he doesn't favor is able to have children and and so there's upset and there's intrigue between them and there's strife and it just is a, it's just an amazing story of illustrating just how much trouble we get into when we strive to live outside of the word of god outside of trusting in god and live by our wits well, long story short, Jacob comes to the point where he can't bear living with Laban. And he says, we've got to get out of here. And so he and his entire family sneak away while Laban is traveling at another place. And they sneak away. And as they're heading towards home, as they're heading towards uh, where uh, you know Esau lives and where Isaac lives, as they're heading word comes to Esau that his brother is finally returned and he gathers a large group of, of people of his people and he moves travels to meet him this news reaches Jacob and he's terrified he believes his brother's coming to kill him I mean that's how they left some 20 something years before and so once again Jacob does what he does he lives up to his name right he uh, tries to come up with a scheme that will prevent him from getting killed. His scheme is this. He sends out uh, groups of livestock ahead of him in small groups with his servants. And 
there in ahead and the when they come into contact with Esau as they're traveling to meet Jacob, they're told to tell Esau when he asks, whose, whose herds are these? Who, who do these belong to? They're told to ask, these belong to Esau, to you as a gift from your brother. And, and so there's wave after wave of herds that are intended to placate, to calm, to, to get into good favor with Esau as he approaches Jacob. Then he has the women and children go ahead, first Leah and her children, and then his favorite, Rachel and her children ahead, and they're all traveling in front of them. Again, I think the, the idea is to, to be able to evoke compassion and forgiveness and to prevent calamity on Jacob. This is a scheme that he's come up with. And so we come to the point in the story in Genesis chapter 32 that I want us to, to look to because now we find Jacob alone a place in which we typically come to when we try to live by our wits alone. And he's left to a place where there's nothing more to do, there's nothing more he can, he can say, there's nothing more he can manipulate. And he comes to a point where he's, he's there and he realizes that, okay, uh, I'm going to I'm have to face my brother. And he's facing his brother in fear. And it's at this point, at this point of perhaps brokenness at this point of reaching the the end of of his rope that Jacob has an encounter with God and it's an encounter that's kind of strange listen listen to what it says it says here in, in chapter 32 verse 24 right so Jacob was left alone he's alone and a man wrestled with him till daybreak when the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, let me go for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, what, are you, what, what is your name? Jacob, who are you, right? That's what he's saying. He answered. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have come and have overcome. Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, it is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. The sun rose, morning came above him, and he passed Peniel. He moved on from that place. And he was limping because of his hip. Therefore, to this day, it says, the Israelites do not eat the tendon attached to the socket of the hip because the socket of Jacob's hip was touched near the tendon. Now, I got to tell you, once again, we come to one of those strange stories in the Bible that you're like, what is going on? What's all this happening already? We're talking kind of a strange story with this, this man and his family and all the dysfunction in it. But here we have this encounter with Jacob wrestling with what appears to be God, God in flesh. And some say maybe it was an angel. Um, my, 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 my belief is that this is a theophany. This is God appearing as a man and in, in an encounter, a face-to-face -face encounter with Jacob. And in the end, Jacob's life is transformed from this encounter, from this wrestling. He's left changed. Not only is he changed in his name from Jacob to Israel, but he's changed in his body. Forever will walk with a limp because his hip was dislocated with an encounter with God. Now, in the bulletin, in the study that we provide, we, we point out this. This is the, the thing that I'd like you to write down if you want to right now. This is where we, we need to land with this. Jacob, 
whose name means heel grabber, but let's, I've translated this way, he who outwits, Jacob, the one who lives by his wits, the one who tries to grab the blessings of life of God by his wits, is transformed, becomes Israel, he who grapples with God, he who wrestles with God. And, and there's just some, some, so much powerful stuff in here regarding this. See, all his life, Jacob had lived up to his name, or maybe we could say lived down to his name. He wanted blessing. He wanted good things in his life. He wanted the blessing of God. He wanted the blessing of his father. He wanted the blessings that, that came from, from success, wealth, and, and love, and a good family. He wanted these things. And, and you know what? We want them too. We want blessing in our lives. And guess, just like Jacob, I, I know that, that the things in life I try to figure out to get on my own. And Jacob's life was that he was actually pretty good at this. He gained blessing by deceiving and conniving. He gained blessing by living by his schemes. He lived by the creed that says, if you want to get ahead in life, you have to be the winner. But that's where he got into trouble, right? That's where he got into trouble. Because there is a limit to our abilities. There's a limit to our resources. There is a limit to being able to get the good things in, of life by our own way. And truth be told, because of our limitations and because of the fact that we cannot, in our own way, manufacture God's blessing, we always come to a point of brokenness. We always come to a point of failure. We always come to a point of disappointment. And it's at that point that we're most open to receive God's blessing. How do you know that? Well, because in the story, it's the point where Jacob comes to because he wrestles with God. He has an encounter with God. No doubt he cries out to God and God comes to him in, in, at a place where he's desperate and he holds on to God. He's holding on to the heel of God. And he's demanding, God, give me a blessing. And in order to receive the blessing, what is he? what happens? God touches his hip. One touch, tip of his finger, he touches his hip. And Jacob's done for. He, he's, he's crying out in agony. He's coming to the point where he has to surrender. He can't hold on anymore because his hip's dislocated. I can, I can imagine. He's holding on and he's demanding blessing. And all of a sudden, he, God realizes this is the point where Jacob is now finally open at a point of desperation. He's finally open to, to learn the lesson he needs to learn. And his hip is touched. His hip is touched. It's dislocated. He's crying out in agony. And now instead of of grabbing on to God, God is grabbing on to him. See, Jacob's name is transformed from he who grabs.